Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast, Tremendous Leadership, Leaders on Leadership. Our guest today is Mark Carter. Mark is a church planter, the founder of BibleLeadership.com, and he's also the lead pastor at Fierce Church in Illinois. We're so excited to have him on today, and he's going to share with us what it took him to pay the price of leadership. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and we talk to wonderful leaders about what it takes to really pay the price of leadership. And today I am super excited to have my dear brother in Christ, Mark Carter. Mark is a church planter. He is the founder of BibleLeadership.com and he serves as the lead pastor of Fierce Church. I love that. And Mark, even though Mark's his first name, he goes by Carter. So Carter is passionate about equipping up and coming leaders with God's word so that they can have greater confidence, improved leadership instincts, and a deep connection to Jesus. Mark, thank you so much for agreeing to be on my show. Tracy, thank you so much for having me. I just love your stuff. I'm so excited about um, just all the great leadership content that you are producing. It is super edifying to me. Thank and you. I know so many others. So thank you for bringing me on. I love it. Well, you know, we're talking about the price of leadership, which is when I say pull back the curtain, really talking to leaders about, you know, leadership is a beautiful thing, but it's also one of the hardest things you're ever going to do, but it's yeah. worth it. And so I love that the name of your church is Fierce Church. Talk to me about that. How did you come up with that? Where is it located? And how long have you been the leader of Fierce Church? Yeah, thanks so much. Um, Tracy, you know, Fierce is something that has been in our DNA. We planted a church about 11 years ago now, and it was actually called Torch at that time. But Fierce was language we would use. And what we meant by it was we just wanted to go after it, man. You know, we kind of were born into uh, what some churches used to call the seeker-sensitive movement. And we appreciated, you know, ways God would use that, but we really felt like we wanted to say, look, man, we just want to say it. Like, we feel like Jesus just said it. And so we just want to talk about it in a way that is not offensive, but is not pulling any punches, so to speak. Right. And so fierce became part of our lingo, part of our language. And then uh, about five years ago, we merged with another church and we chose kind of an in-between name that nobody really liked. And so as we thought about renaming it, we said, what is the truth? What is the DNA of who we really are? And fears just popped up again and again, meeting after meeting, offsite after offsite. Um, and so, you know, not everybody, some people were afraid of it, but we just felt like this is, this is who God made us to be. So we just might as well say it. I love it. And how did that merger go? I, that's what I got my PhD in is, is crisis leadership studying mergers. Okay. How did that whole thing go? Because, you know, yeah. it's always tough. And even with Christian people, it can be tough. Uh, there can yep. be bones of contention. Tell me how that went. Tracy, I would tell you, it was bloody. It was, um, you know, a lot of people love Jesus that really want to work hard for his kingdom. But there's no question. We were two churches that had very different enough DNA that it was going to magnetize conflict. And um, so it it, it was by the grace of God. You know, I had an awesome mentor right in in the in the thick of it when I was like, you know, you'd you'd come home from a meeting. You feel like somebody's ripped out your guts. Yeah. Um, and he was like, hey, man, is this going to be worth it in three years from now? When you figure all the ways God is bringing glory to himself, is it going to be worth it? Mm-hmm. And even though that day I felt like so beat up and many other days, it was, it was going to be worth it. And it turned out it was about three years in was like, oh, my gosh, 
this is like good now. Like this is right. finally worth it. And right. so, um, yeah, it was rough. It was probably the toughest leadership challenge of my life, mm-hmm. but well, it was worth it. Well, and, and that was part of the thing when I interviewed the people, I did case studies. And one of the things was they got in the thick of it and they're like, should we even be doing this? We know on paper, it makes sense. Obviously two churches coming together for the kingdom work because it's gotta be good. Right. But yet when you're in it, it's so hard. Okay. So that brings us to our first price of leadership, which is loneliness. Okay. And we've all heard it's lonely at the top. And even with Christians where we have Jesus and we have everybody, I mean, it gets lonely. So, and you alluded to it where you said you had your mentor. Talk to me what loneliness as a leader means to you and how you get through it. You already talked about one. You've got to have somebody in your corner, an advocate. I mean, we've got the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. We also got to have, we got to have somebody with flesh and blood. So can you share with us about how that happened? Yeah, I think, you know, so being, and, and many of your listeners know this, so being the person who has to make the toughest calls, um, or at least on the team that has to make the toughest calls, mm-hmm. um, that is incredibly lonely. And it, especially when it's, you know, like a merge type situation, you have to be the bad guy and right. you have to gently, and, and church people bless their hearts are sometimes the some of the worst at this because they... S- they have a way of sanctifying everything. You know what I'm saying? No matter what it is, this becomes a God issue, you know? And so um, it makes you the bad guy when you have to gently force people to do things they've even been avoiding. So if you're in like a, a merge issue, I'm, I'm sure there's a bazillion reasons people find themselves there. But at least in our case, there were some real reasons that merge needed to take place with this other church. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as the, as the person coming in, you have to help them do what they've been avoiding for years. And that's just ouchy, you know? And so um, I think some, you know, some of the things, some of the big takeaways for me, and, and this makes the most sense to people that, you know, are, are pursuing a deep walk with Jesus, but there is a fellowship of his suffering where Jesus himself just like, he's like, yep, like this is what it means to lead. Like there's a suffering that he knows that he's like, I want to share this with you. Um, just, just for the purpose of greater union with him, you know, Jesus, I, I, people may not have thought about this, but Jesus knew what it was like to have the friends from his hometown attempt to throw him off a cliff. And I just think about that, like, what was that day like for him? Even though it didn't work, just the rejection that is a part of that and the loneliness you must feel in Luke chapter four when that happens. Wow. Um, and so there, I, I think there's something about even spiritual formation where God is teaching us, hey, man, yeah, it is lonely. You have me and you have some other ones that I've put around you. But there is a detachment from people even to be able to do what God wants you to do. There has to be a certain level of like, I want to I want to love everybody as, as much as I can. But I have enough, enough have to have enough distance mm-hmm. to make a really tough call that some just don't want you to make. Right. Right. Well, remember, he was also the man of sorrows. So he was, you know, and and even everybody loves him, you know, when he's talking about feeding people. But then when he lays down the hard truth, then they all walk away. And he asked the disciples, are you going to leave too? your innermost circle? And we don't. And I love that you share with because, you know, my dad would say that every time I'm like, oh, dad, this happened or whatever. And he would say to me, is it anything worse than what Jesus went through? And I'm like, okay. Through the Jesus card. No, it's not. And he's like, then stop crying about it. I mean, our Lord went through everything. He he took on every sin, Mm -hmm. every sin of all, think of the top people that have killed like a gazillion people. He took on all that and our sin. And he still, but he still had that core, the three and then the 12. And then one of the 12 who we even let in, who he knew was going to do. And it's just, um, it's, it's, it is the price of leadership. 
And I think that's another piece of it that was super helpful for me is by the grace of God, I've been able to develop some friendships that are that are guys and gals that are like me. So they're in a similar role, but they're not in my church. And so having those people that you can go to where you can say whatever you need to say, or, yes. you know, you can vent in the way that you need to. And there's no power issues. Like nobody, no one's going to like, oh, that was weird that he said that, you know what I'm saying? And even people to give you pushback and feedback to say, well, dude, you're just a guy to me. So let me just tell you what I really think. That was in just the emotional cushion that that was to be able to tell people that you want to know what it's really like, it's really like this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That is one of the most valuable things in my life every day is to have, uh, you know, just friends that are in that chair for me. So I I would encourage anybody that doesn't have those key players. It's, it's great to have a staff. It's great to have other people that you really love and are friends, you know, in the organization, but there's gotta be people outside of that. that can give you that feedback and that love that other people that are related to you in the organization it just be, it's super hard to attain that uh, with those individuals. Absolutely. And and I, thank you for being so transparent with that. I think sometimes um, we as Christians are like, well, we shouldn't like murmurings, we shouldn't speak, but venting, I mean, that it, just sharing your frustration or, I mean, the disciples did it with Christ all the time. Why is it like yeah. this? Look, read Psalms. Why do the wicked prosper? Why God, why aren't you doing this? And so it is healthy. It is healthy to do. And I love it. And I also love the fact that you said, get outside your immediate organization, also your relatives, because your yeah. family. And my dad was like, I know never told my mother how broken and almost close to broke we were because I didn't need her to know that because what would she have said to me? So that's it. wise yeah. counsel. I love that. I love that. And so you, you were able to call them and they were able to keep you objective and say, um, you know, yeah, and you do need to unload it. We need to yeah. give it to God, but also we are here in the body to shoulder each other's loads as well too. And that's what they would do. You know, they put their hands on me and they just pray. They're like, dude, you're going to make it. You know what I'm saying? Just don't die today. Like, just keep going. You know, this is going to be worth it. Just those, those people that are going to serve as kind of a coach or a cheerleader in that moment. Right. They don't have any weirdness about, well, it's the pastor. I can't say, you know, that. Right. And that would be inappropriate. I mean, there's something you don't, the congregation shouldn't know kind of thing. And maybe even you, you think the deacons, you're, you're just kind of getting into group think or you're bored and you need to just get outside and go, are we missing something? And, you know, you'll know because the Holy Spirit will let you know, hey, something, something still, something still off. But I love you talked about, um, you know, I love the practice of getting around the leader and putting your hands on and praying. I mean, there yeah. is something so, and so, um, and even for our listeners out there that aren't Christians, try it. You'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think another one for, for folks that even aren't Christians is, you, you know, the other side of that is having those closest to you in the organization for me is these are people I would pick to be my friends anyway. So I don't know in some organizations, you, people try to keep distance, but mm-hmm. for our lead team, like these are the folks that I genuinely just enjoy doing life with anyway. And we purposely try to do that. You know, you build the chemistry so that it's like, these are the people that got you, man. Right. Um, Having that, so even there, there's an understanding and there's a, no, like you don't need extra drama in your lead team. You know what I'm saying? When you're going through something hard, you need as many friends as you could have. So um, just having people that they're, because they're in the organization, they're going to behave a certain way, but there's still folks that like, they understand when you're hurting and they're, Mm -hmm. and they're with you and they're, they're willing to say, you know, like Jonathan's servant, Hey man, I'm with you heart and soul. Let's take this hill. Like, let's go get these Philistines. And you know, that's just super encouraging. And I, and I think you can't get rid of loneliness entirely, but those things definitely help me. 
Well, and we need them. We, we need the advocates in there. And, and I tell people, I'm like, if you want a better leader, edify your leader. You want a better pastor, pour into your pastor. I mean, because we, I think people think leaders just um, have this self-sustaining um, fuel tank that never runs out. And it's like, that, no, we, we, we need exhortation as well, too, and rebuke and coaching and all that stuff. So I, yeah, I love that, Mark. I love it. All right. So loneliness. Um, yes. And, and it's not always unhealthy. And, and I'm sure you, you would even say we need to get alone at times to even hear what we're supposed to do next. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like, Tracy, sometimes the Lord even I've, I don't know about you. I've had seasons in my life where I feel like the Lord even removed people because yes. he needed me to rely more solely on him. You know, sometimes people are just our, our soul needs to fast almost from people because it's just too noisy around us. Or, or even that's a great person that, that loves me, but they're, they're interfering with the, the wilderness journey that I need to be on with wow. them right now, you know? And so I, I've tried to encourage people pay attention when, when people have kind of disappeared, that's not always bad. Right. Uh, it might be that the Lord is trying to get your attention and draw your own friendship closer. Well, and I think that is a real blessing for the past couple months. I mean, it has given me just the opportunity because it can get so busy. And I mean, it really gave me the, the, the time to kind of step back and go back to the well and just say, okay, what do I really need to focus on? And I was able to get quiet and really looked at, I started podcasting. I mean, and I never would have had in the day-to-day shuffle, I never would have had time to start that. Yeah. So, um, I'm so glad you did. Love it. Thank you. Me too. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking right now. All right. So loneliness. The next thing he talked about was weariness. And uh, he says, you know, if you're going to be doing anything worthwhile, um, you're going to um, have people that are doing more than their fair share, people that aren't doing their fair share. So, so how, do you, um, how do you as a leader handle weariness? What does it mean to you? And how do you cope with, um, how do you deal with people on your team that maybe aren't all in? I mean, there's good weariness and there's bad weariness, like good loneliness and bad, you know what I'm saying? I do, I do. And, and definitely like you, I'm aiming at the good weariness where you're, you're, you're tired in a good way. Um, I personally, for me, so I'm super into vision. Like I'm a visionary. I need vision to stay alive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When my vision begins to leak, I, my weariness increases quite a bit. And so I'm sure that everybody's different, but for me, there's certain tanks that I can't avoid weariness entirely, but I can make it a better shot that I'm not going to get too weary. Okay. And one of those is getting around other visions. So even just, um, I need to listen to other people's podcasts. You know, my team will go visit other churches, not necessarily because we're going to do anything that that other church is doing, but just, we need to see, Oh, wow. Look at what God is doing over here. Like, look at all these things that they figured out and it just stirs people up. You know what I'm saying? I found that one of the greatest tools for me is to give my people vision. It doesn't even have to come through me. I just have to get them around compelling vision and the oh, spirit wow. of God is working in their minds. You know what I'm saying? They're like, Oh my gosh, God does amazing things. Um, so that in itself, whether it's reading books or or whatever, I just need to be around visiony stuff and visionary kinds of people. Um, of course, rest. Uh, you know, f- for me, it, it probably two years into the church plant, I decided I have to have regularly just scheduled. You know, I felt weird about this because like, aren't people only supposed to have one vacation a year? But for me, I had to get in the rhythm of now every three months, I need a week off, at least a week off, just so I can like, if I want to hear from God, these people need me to hear from God. They need me to make thoughtful, spirit absorbed decisions. Um, And so I need to build a schedule in and I need to do it before there's, there's a point where I get toasty, where it's like, dude, I'm barely 
useful for anything. You know what I'm saying? I need to go two weeks before that point, And that's when I need to get out. Okay. And so kind of figuring out that rhythm, and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but just knowing when is it just smart for me to take a break instead mm-hmm. of when am I going to die if I don't? Right. Uh, that, that, that's super huge for me. Yeah. And so you schedule that. Do you Sabbath during the week at a particular Dude, time? Yes, mm-hmm. Yep. Every, every sub. So one day a week we have, and that's kind of like a little, that's a mini Christmas for us every week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we shut it down. Our family, you know, I've got shut five. Shut it down. Days. Yep. Well, I tell other leaders out there, um, and like I said, regardless of your faith, I only started Sabbathing five years ago, and it has just revolutionized mm-hmm. my life. And so mm-hmm. I tell people, it's never too late. Yeah. This it helps me better. push harder on the back end, like on the, you know, right before Sabbath. It's like, well, I know that Sabbath's coming, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to accelerate into the finish right. line, you know? You fit everything else, everything everything else gets into place, and it's just it's just so needed. Oh, my gosh, so needed. Excellent. All right, so that's weariness. Now, the next thing he talked about was abandonment, and this is really, you talked about mission leak and... and uh, how do you stay focused on what you need to? I mean, uh, abandonment really is, um, there's a lot of things we're not going to be able to do anymore because we've been called to do something different. So how, mm-hmm. how do you stay hyper-focused to, to lead like you need to lead? Yeah, it's such an important question. I feel like that we need to ask all the time. Um, mm-hmm. For me, there's no perfect balance. It's just always balancing. And so it's always nice. like, okay, we need to cut this now. You know, yeah. this is good. But then uh, I need to, so for me, part of it is trying to find people that can do the things that I'm either not good at all at or moderately good at and just trying to equip them to do it so I can focus on the thing that's my thing and they can do the thing that's their thing. We've also got what we call the fierce code and we put that all over the building and that just reminds us of our values. So that's mm-hmm. just stuff like um, we will severely inconvenience ourselves to help people find their way back to God. That's like a mantra around here. Um, but another one is the rested are smart and strong. We try to t- teach our people ministry will just eat you up. And so you've got to take breaks, but you know, we just put that in different places. Um, we put it in the language. So we're, we're saying things like that. The best you is in community. We just try to put those things to just trigger us to remind us, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not that bright sometimes. Hey, dummy Carter, do the right thing right here. Um, of course, Time with God, you know, God is daily time with God for me is not something I would boast about. It's just a, it's the only way I'm going to make it, Tracy. You know what I'm saying? He's got to recalibrate my thinking every day, um, you know, to get me back on track. Um, And I need him to literally tell me through the scriptures or tell me through some kind of impression in my spirit. Hey, man, Mm -hmm. you're getting off track here. You need to pay more attention to this thing um, or what have you. For me, also um, biographies, whether it's Christian biographies or I'm really into revolutionary history. So, so just stories of people in the past who abandoned everything that like they got it. They're like, my time is short. I got to make this count. Um, those kinds of things make me remind me like, oh, dude, you got to make this count today. Um, those kinds of things have been severely helpful for me. I love that. And, uh, you know, even with the 4th of July just happened, our church read the Declaration of Independence. And when you saw those guys were willing to abandon everything, their yeah. power, their prestige and their position, uh, because this is what they had. And yeah. so uh, abandonment's not a bad thing. And look at what Jesus did. He abandoned his, you know, his airship to come, come walk am- amongst us. And it's just, it's well, but I love how you said you're always balancing. And I, I think that's a wonderful thing for leaders. It's like Ecclesiastics. There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to war, a time to peace. And depending on where you are and where your calling is, um, that can change. And I think that's unnerving sometimes because leaders are like, but wait, God told me to go here. But mm-hmm. at any day, um, you can get uh, the mission redirect from the commander in chief to do whatever he needs to. And I love that you brought that up. Yes, ma'am. That's it. 
Yeah. I think another helpful thing that, you know, and, and we've done so much wrong. I get so much wrong. Um, but occasionally this goes right when something's just really hard and my wife and I will just grab each other by the hand and we're like, all right, baby, like, this is it now. It's just you and me. We have to do Jesus's will. And I believe in you, you can do it. And there's just this little like hoorah session, you know what I'm saying? Of like, no, do the noble thing now. Like you, you don't know if we're going to be around in a year. So like get Jesus the glory right now and let's mm-hmm. make it count. And there's something about just knowing it's not dependent on anyone else. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't need everyone to agree. I don't need people to, to be excited about it. Like we have to get God, the glory. The, the purpose is to get God, what God wants. And we have to like, we have to raise the stakes in our mind about that. Um, and so just little moments like that can be super, just reorienting. Beautiful. Know? Beautiful. And then you realize what you're abandoning because right now that sense of urgency, uh, you know, if the kingdom of God is at hand, like it's right here, it's in my hand. So let's, yeah. let's start yeah. acting like it kind of thing. I love it. All right. So the last point he talked about was vision. Mm. And I know you got a lot to say about that. How do you, and I know you get your values out there, but how do you continue to grow in wisdom and discernment? Yeah. So what, so with regard to wisdom and discernment, I, I feel like I'm, I don't know everybody says this. Okay. Um, but I gotta be God's dumbest servant. I don't, I don't know. Like I just don't get stuff very well or very quickly. And so hopefully that drives me to pray and believe God is giving me wisdom. God shape this in such a way that I'm going to get it because I just don't get stuff. Um, I think when it comes to vision, you know, for me, I live in this tension, Tracy. On one hand, I'm, I'm a visionary. So I've always seen things like 10 years ahead of time. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, guys, let's go. You know, I'm way down the hill before anyone has even started ascending it. Um, and there's a burden there. There's an excitement there, but there's also a burden there. And so I'm trying to learn how to live in the middle somewhere where I keep the burden, but it's not oppressive. You know, people that are really visionaries, they can almost be never happy with right now. Right. Because it's not then. You, you right. Know, like I see the vision God wants and we're not there. So and, and you don't enjoy that the lines have fallen to us in pleasant places. So um, knowing that I have to keep that balance is helpful. I think it's also helpful when, when, when God has really given you vision. There's a lot of people, at least on my team, they don't have vision naturally. And in my church, they don't naturally have vision. And I had to learn that it was a gift to them to share, like they don't, they want to be effective. They want to do something meaningful, but, but God's given them other gifts. And so being able to come and say, Hey, look, here's the picture. Here's where we need to go. And here's why you're a solution for this thing. I always thought I was kind of bothering people with my vision. Like, Arby, shut up. But actually there's, there's a certain amount of people that that's very helpful Uh to help foster in them. Look, God has things to do, man. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean you can't participate in it. So definitely asking God, like I, I live in another tension, Tracy, and that is God has made us creative people, right? So mm-hmm. we can just have vision. Like we can just make things because that's part of imaging God. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, God has a vision. And so trying to live in that prayerful tension of like, Lord, help me do what would just be awesome and glorifying to you that's creative, but also help me not step out into a place you don't want me to be yet. And help me, you know, that takes a lot of like stillness and go back to prayer about it uh, to try to keep, help me manifest your glory by doing things without needing three angels, you know, and a trumpet blast of confirmation to go do it. But then also help me have the humility to say, I don't want to just, you know, Jesus didn't do anything that he didn't see the father doing. And so I don't want to just go make stuff up and realize, you know, I was 12 miles away from where Jesus wanted me to be. So, right. 
Um, that prayerful working it out is definitely helpful. And then probably one more I would say is getting myself around, whether it's authors or people or podcasts that create that kind of good disequilibrium in me that, that mm-hmm. mess with my thinking a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because just like anybody else, I think we all, we get in our little boxes and we get in our ruts, you know, and it's like, I don't, this is the only thing I naturally think of to do. And so just, you know, having people mess with your paradigm a little bit um, in a way that, that, you know, they're a friendly voice, but they're also being like, and you're not necessarily right about this, this, and this, um, like that's super helpful to me. So right. I tend to bring out creativity. Oh, absolutely. And so do you kind of build your team closest around you to kind of, um, to kind of encourage that kind of feedback and, uh, uh, not, you know, kind of all sitting around saying, yeah, I, I, mean, I love yeah. that you brought out tension because a lot of times, um, you know, that tension's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. I've, so I, I don't, I'm sure that I haven't succeeded, you know, greatly in this area, but I've tried to build on both our staff team and our elder team, People that don't mind telling me, they're like, huh, I don't know. I don't know, Carter. That doesn't, that seems weird or, or whatever, because I found, and this took me a, you know, a few years before I was really figuring this out. And of course, every year you feel like you figured out a little more. Mm-hmm. It's good to have a visionary. It's better to have someone with a vision and a team who makes the vision better. Oh, I've tried to train wow. my team. So one of our codes, one of the fierce code is bring it further, make it better. I want people to mess with it. I, now I want people to say, because I really believe these people are also God is speaking to them. They have a part of the vision. And if I just, if I don't invite them into that, if I don't create the runway, they may feel like, well, Carter, you know, he's just going to, he might not like what I say or whatever. I want to hear what everyone says. And I want the, I want to model that them for, for their teams because their teams are going to have input on them. You know, and so trying to have group vision where there's people that are uniquely gifted at, but then the whole team is like, no, this is our thing. We, we mm-hmm. make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of the culture we're trying to foster anyway. I love it. And what did you say when you said, uh, you know, but better, not just a visionary, because if you don't have executors or integrators and you said to make it better, but what did you say your charge to them is to make it what? You said two things. Yeah, bring it further, make it better is, is kind of the mantra. Bring it further. Share. I love bring that. It further, make it better. Whatever we have, we can make it better and we can bring it further. Well, and that way they're taking, um, they're creating, you're just an idea. I think so many people are, well, the boss said to do this. No, 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 That's not leadership and followership. That's just, I mean, a monkey could do that. Monkey see, monkey do, yeah. you know? I love that. Um, make it, bring it further. And and then the expectation is you craft the desired, the preferred future. And that's what um, what the team does. They have to build that. That's, yeah, that's brilliant. It. Yeah. And there's no, there's fewer sacred cows because, there's nothing you can't touch. You know what I'm saying? Everything is like, well, yeah. I'll bring it further, make it better. What do you, what can you change to improve it? Right. So. Because, yeah. That's one of my favorite book titles is sacred cows make the best burgers. I'm like, I love it. <laughs> I why didn't we write that book? Oh, oh well, part two. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we've talked about vision. Mark, is there anything else, Carter, sorry, that you would like to share with our leaders on um, the price of leadership, just to exhort them or encourage them, maybe something you're going through right now or anything else that we have not touched on? Yeah, you know, um, one big one for me is to have some phone a friend people. So there's certain ones in my life, whether it's it's a mentor from years ago, they're not people that are every day in my life, but maybe they're they're a person I was with for a little while, you know, they're further down the road than me, but I've kind of signed them up on my list of phone a friend people. Mm-hmm. There are days that are just so dark mm-hmm. that I need to get out that little list and be like, 
bro, sister, I'm in trouble. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm at the end of what I know how to do. And I need somebody who's older and wiser to just, can you just scrape me off the pavement for 20 minutes? You know, <laughs> because, because those days are real. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And there's just no one else that can do it the way they can do it with, with the insight. You know, they know me, they love me, but they love Jesus more. And they know the kinds of things that you need to hear in that moment. Um, honestly, I feel like if I were to call them all the time, they'd get sick of me real quick. But if they know that, Hey man, this he's, it's a, if Carter calls me, it's a lifeline situation. I mm -hmm. better pick up. Um, right. Those are just insanely helpful. And that took, a, that's taken years to build that, but it's super helpful to have. And don't be embarrassed as a leader. Ask, ask others, ask for help. I mean, you know, and I think sometimes as a leader, you're like, well, I'm supposed to figure it out. I'm supposed to go through this wilderness alone. Yeah, maybe. But like you said, um, there, like I said, there, there, the dark days. I love that you brought that up. I can remember my dad sharing that with me. He's like, so you're going to have days when you're just so heartbroken, you can't even pray. I mean, it's going to be that bad. You have screwed up so bad. Somebody betrayed you that you never saw coming. something. And you're just going to be like, uh, you got the Holy Spirit murmuring for you. But other than that, you're just, you're out there. And so that's such a beautiful thing that, that that's okay to have people like that. We need people like that. Yes, ma'am. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anything else for us, Carter? I don't think so. I just want to thank you. I love your ministry, Tracy. I love what you're doing. This is it's so I, I love kind of the nugget format. Like this is this is the kind of thing that I devour. And I think leaders need this so bad. Just just little Thanks. nuggets that keep me going and keep my head straight. Um, thank you so much. I love it. Well, where is Fierce Church located? So we're in Lake County, Illinois, in Grays Lake. Okay. And, uh, all right. You can find us at fierce.church. Um, we're on all the social media things, whatever those, you know, I'm sure you just search yeah. <laughs> how they can get, and we'll put all the links for everybody down there, but that's how they can get reach out directly to you, Carter. Ma'am, That'd be it. I love that. Well, thank you so much. And you know what? When we get to travel again, I would love to connect with you. I mean, I would love I to do love something that. tremendously fierce or fiercely tremendous. Cool. Yeah, I mean, both. we'll do both. That, that would be great. Awesome. Well, thank you for your ministry, Carter. Thank you so much for what you shared with Leaders on Leadership. And I hope, uh, are you guys going back to church yet? Or have you gone back? Or are you starting? So this we're week? back in, we're trickling in. We, we, we started a few weeks ago. And nice. um, you know, it's kind of fun. I get to preach live again. So that's fantastic. But I um, love it. I'm so glad for you. Yes, All right. Thank you again, Carter. And to our tremendous, thank you. To our tremendous listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in to our Leaders on Leadership podcast. And remember to never stop paying the price of leadership. Be sure and reach out and connect with Carter. Be sure and subscribe to our channel wherever you hear this, share this, and we'd be honored for the blessing of a five-star rating from you. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a tremendous day. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.